live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. A little bit after 5 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in, locking in with us at 1061 ESPN. Bob Black with you here, ESPN Richmond Studio. Lewis over there on the other side of the glass, producing our program this afternoon, taking you up until 6 o'clock. Just me this afternoon, normally Thursdays, as I said. Sean is with me, but he's off doing a, a game for Flow Sports tonight down in Hampton, Hampton Pirates in action in um, in college basketball. All right, I'm going to finish up on the JMU thing for now. We go on on this one endlessly. I'll tell you what, there are certain topics out there right now that I think we could just keep talking about and talking about and talking about. The JMU situation is one. The Michigan uh, cheating scandal, the sign-stealing ske- cheating scandal is certainly another one. Uh, I want to get into a little of the VCU talk because I had a couple callers and texters yesterday just you know, really fired up about you know the loss on Monday. So I want to get into all of that. 804-327-0888. Go in a different direction if you'd like or join me in the conversations we're on. I'm going to finish up... Um, with our with my JMU texter here uh, that finished up by at least I think uh, he or she has finished up. Thanks for addressing that. You mentioned that the NCA knows the two year rule is arbitrary and capricious, and so they changed that rule effective twenty twenty seven. All right, so now I'm learning something here um, that they changed the rule. I guess the probationary waiting period may have gotten changed. I know they changed the rule financially, and I don't know if they coupled that with how long you have to wait to be a full-fledged FBS member or not. I would certainly advocate if you're now paying five million bucks to go from FCS to FBS, you're showing some wherewithal financially, and I'd probably reduce that to a year at at the most that you'd be on that probationary period. And you know, you do need help from your conference, and I give the Sun Belt a lot of credit here. Uh, because as the texter said, they played a full FBS schedule in year one. You need help from your conference to be able to do that. I don't think Liberty, in fact, I'm sure Liberty wasn't able to do that because they couldn't hook on with a conference and they were playing, you know, a kind of a mishmash kind of schedule of decent number of FCSs still and some FBSs. So that was different. Uh, I give, like I said, I give the Sun Belt a lot of credit for accepting them in, understanding they weren't going to play for a championship, but that hopefully this would expedite their process. Uh, by getting a full FBS schedule of Sunbelt Conference games. So kudos to them for doing that. If they change the rule, effective 2027, I'm all for it. And I could see where you would do it in that time frame, that maybe it's only a year probationary period at that point because you're paying the $5 bucks. Uh Final one from the texter, at least for, for now. Uh, but so be it. JMU has always been the challenger brand, and we will continue to use it as motivation. I think that's great. I think if you continue to be as successful as you've been, you're not going to be the challenger anymore, which is a good thing, right? You're going to be, the, you're going to have the bullseye, you know, on on your jersey here before too long. At at this point, if you keep going the way you're going, and and that's a really good thing. Here's the other thing I had to do: I had to look up the word capricious because I wasn't exactly sure. I think I knew what it meant. Uh, given to sudden and unaccountable changes of mood or behavior, I think we're using the unaccountable part right now to describe the NCAA in this but that great word there uh, appreciate you using that and I actually did have to uh 
did have to look it up. All right, so more on that coming. Again, um, if the AD and the president and the commissioner of the Sun Belt put the proper materials and information in front of that NCA committee and they change their mind, good for them. Um, I have no problem with that. But by the same token, you know, I don't want to sit on the fence because I'm basically saying let the two-year probationary period run its course and kind of go from there. And I really do hope JMU gets a bowl game of, you know, of, of whatever stature because there aren't enough other – I don't think there's going to be. I, I think – I don't know what's happened in past years. I think we've always had a couple of teams uh, come out of nowhere to be a bowl team because there weren't enough six-win teams for the 43 bowls that are out there. So I would assume that's going to happen at some point again this year. All right, let me move on. Let me go to some college basketball here. So I was um, – you know, I did yesterday say, you know what, I'm going to go watch some of that game because I'm hearing, you know, awful lot of negativity and really downtrodden VCU fans. Not a lot, but the ones that I have crossed paths with at least have been that way. The text, the on the air, and that sort of thing. So I went back and watched uh, their game from Monday night. And look, it, it wasn't good. Don't get me wrong. But by the same token, I didn't think it was as bad as these people were kind of making it out to be. If VCU makes, this is very simplistic, they were 11 of 36 from three-point range. If they could have made a couple of more of those, I think it would have changed the entire direction of the game. Not necessarily to win it, but make it even more competitive, you know, at the end, where maybe they would have had a chance. What I didn't like was the amount of standing around in their offense. I don't remember that from a Ryan Odom offense. There was a lot of passing around the perimeter in in their offense um the only guy who really seemed to penetrate whatever defense mcneese was playing and do something with it was max shulga who is a terrific player and certainly nothing wrong with his stat line i know zeb jackson had eight assists i'd have to go back and kind of take a little bit more of a look at his uh shulga had four uh, if you would ask me that question after watching the 30 minutes that I watched, I would have thought those numbers were the other way around. But when Shulga penetrated, he did something productive with the ball. He got it um, into a position where someone was open for a three-pointer, and they actually knocked a couple of them down. I know Billups made at least one off of a pass from Shulga, and then he was able to dish under the basket when help came. And they got dunks. Uh, I know Lawl had, had a dunk. Furman had a dunk off of passes from Shulga. So he got it. And, of course, he's played for Ryan Odom before, so he certainly understood it. And he shot the ball well. He was 6-for-11 from the floor, six three-pointers. Um, I didn't like their defensive intensity. And, again, this is where it's going to take some getting used to for VCU. It, it's a different style of defense that they're playing. But I heard Feinstein mention it uh, a couple of times that you can't keep giving up the baseline, and that's something they did. McNeese had really good success driving the ball along the baseline, either for a layup by the driver or to dish and dunk or, or to lay it in. Uh, so I do think their, their defense needs to tighten the screws a little bit, and they got to get more than five turnovers by the opposition in a game. I know it's an entirely different different style, but they, they've got to get more than five turnovers. they got to get more than three steals. So it's a different style of VCU basketball. But I guess I was expecting even worse uh, than, I, than I saw. It, like I said, it wasn't great. 
by any stretch of imagination. You look at any stat on the stat sheet, and it was dominated by McNeese State. Points off of turnovers, points in the paint, second chance points, all of that went um, McNeese State's way in that game. But it's it's one game, and those shots are going to fall. There are going to be nights when VCU makes the majority of those three pointers, and they're not going to shoot. 36. I think that was the key. The key numbers to me were 36 three-point attempts. Uh, I know they love to shoot the three-pointer, but you got to whittle that number down. And the combination of five opponent turnovers and three VCU steals. Those were the ones that kind of jumped out at me. I know they had nine block shots. That's a little bit like a steal uh, in the game. But I would just like to see more pure steals because in many cases, like a block, you can get a run out and get an easy bucket going the other way. Um, so that those were kind of my observations. They did press a little bit. wasn't the same style or intensive a press as what we used to seeing under Shaka Smart and Mike Rhodes and Will Wade when he was at at VCU. It def, it just was not. Uh, so you know that would be the area that I would look at right there. Less three pointers and obviously make more, which they will at some point, and then figure out a way defensively to get some more steals and more turnovers by the opposition so just my thoughts i watched about 30 minutes of it i didn't watch the whole thing i think they'll be fine i think they'll be fine tomorrow night against samford in their second game of the year that's at the siegel center at seven o'clock tomorrow night all right 510 on the sports auto we got a guest coming up here shortly so let's stay right on time and give you a rundown of what we got going here in the five o'clock hour of the sports auto Happy at the moment with your heating and cooling systems. Urge you to give James River Air a call for a free in-home consultation online. Check them out at jamesriverair.com. All right, right after the break, Jonathan McNamara joins us. His primary reason for being on the air with us is to update us on um, the American Red Cross and everything they've got going on. They've got a hiring event coming up next week on Tuesday on the 14th. So we'll talk about that uh, and how you can apply for an interview, how you can be a part of the uh, hiring event over there at the Red Cross headquarters on Emerywood Parkway. And then we'll get into some sports talk with him as well. i uh, got a special in-studio. I was going to call him a guest, but we'll introduce him because he's a new member of our team here at 1061 ESPN. And we'll do that at the bottom of the hour with him as well. Looking forward to that. He will fill the shoes of Sean Robertson today, and he will do so well. I am sure of that. All right, all that coming up as we get to the 6 o'clock. Let's get the break in here. Jay Mack, Jonathan McNamara, American Red Cross, joins us next on the Sports Huddle. Your day a little brighter with full-length podcast of all our shows and interviews. Available at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. We have been telling you over the past several days about an opportunity, if you're looking for such, to join one of the great local organizations here in Central Virginia in the RVA, and that's the Red Cross. Uh, over there on Emerywood Parkway, and obviously they expand their horizons much beyond just Central Virginia with the work that they do. They're holding a hiring event this coming Tuesday. That's November 14th, 830 to 5, 2825 Emerywood Parkway at their headquarters over there. Redcross.org would get you more information, or just by continuing to listen to this show and this station is about to get you more information as well. Jonathan McNamara from the American Red Cross here in Richmond joins us this afternoon. J Mac, how are you? Doing well, Bob. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I would think you are these days. We'll get into some sports talk, as we always like to do. But let's start with the headline stuff and why we really wanted to hook up with you this afternoon and talk. Tell us a little bit more about this this hiring event, kind of what you're looking for, how people yeah. can go about getting involved. 
Well, first of all, I mean, we've talked a lot on this show and, and other programs on our station just about the need for blood. It's something that is a, a topic uh, every week, the American Red Cross, and our role of supplying area hospitals and the patients um, that they support with the necessary blood to treat patients. Um, but on the other end of that, there is a list of professionals, people who do this work every day, that are the frontline heroes of the American Red Cross. There are phlebotomists who um, go to our mobile drives and our fixed site facilities um, and really are the face of the Red Cross or donor base here in the community each and every day. Um, and we are hiring uh, to, to expand our efforts and expand our capacity to be able to um, reach more donors in more areas around the community so that um, we can be better stewards of our community and, and make it easier for donors in the Richmond area to find blood drives. Uh, and that hiring event is on Tuesday in Richmond right here at our facility. Uh, and what's so great about this event is it gives you an opportunity to come into Emerywood and, and experience what a day in the life is like. Uh, for a phlebotomist, get you a chance to understand our benefit structure, um, ask questions of not only our leadership, but also some of the phlebotomists who are the, uh, already doing this job, and allow you to conduct an in-person interview that day. Um, so it's really a one-stop shop for uh, starting your career with the American Red Cross. And, and what's unique about this job, again, is, is not only is it, is it an opportunity for you to have a, a career uh, starting in healthcare, but you're going to know at the end of the day that you're a really integral part of that puzzle and helping to save lives in the community. And, and when we talk to our phlebotomists, this is something they're very passionate about, um, something they take very seriously. And we, we know from uh, past events that when we have these types of uh, kind of call-outs to the community looking to expand, um, the turnout and the response is great. And, and we expect to see that again on Tuesday uh, as more people look, again, to start their career with the Red Cross. And Jonathan, just to be clear, and you were very clear here, we talk a lot with you and promote uh, in our partnership with the Red Cross about volunteering with the Red yeah. Cross. This is not about that, although you would certainly uh, sign up volunteers for sure. These are actually about career work yep. positions, right? Yep. This is starting your career with the Red Cross as one of our paid phlebotomists. Um, and there are, when you come to the Red Cross as a career, there are many opportunities to um, grow within the organization, something we're very uh, passionate about at the Red Cross. Um, phlebotomists who have um, gone on to have uh, other you know, positions and, and move up in our ranks here at the Red Cross. But really, we're looking for people in the community who have an interest in the healthcare field, um, who are looking for the type of job where they know going each and every day to work, uh, that they're going to work as a part of a really great team um, that's focused on a singular mission, helping to save lives by making sure that we can deliver the blood that's necessary uh, for area hospitals to treat patients. There's no substitute for a donor, um, and without that phlebotomist who's there to collect that blood from a patient, we can't do our work. Um, so one thing that is a consistent uh, thing that we hear from all of our employees who do this work um, is they do this because they have a passion for service and a passion for supporting the community. Uh, and we know there's a lot of conversation around um, about you know people looking for jobs, looking for um, entry points into the healthcare industry, and we're really proud um, of the career that we offer at the Red Cross and really proud of the um, kind of the relationship you're going to form with that team. Because mm -hmm. these, these mobile teams that go out in the community, you are working as a part of a team of other phlebotomists and leadership. Um, you're getting a chance to be out working with a number of great community organizations uh, and partners that open their doors to host these blood drives. Uh, and that's the type of environment you're going to get to experience when you come to the Red Cross. And we're, we're just hopeful that uh, people listening to this who might be looking for a job um, consider the Red Cross. And that's why at these hiring events, uh, we like to do it in a way, again, you can kind of see uh, what type of job you'd be doing, get to answer questions from people who do this work on a daily basis, and to make it very easy for you to interview uh, that day uh, and learn more about what the process is to apply 
uh, and to start the training that is provided by the Red Cross. And we will continue to remind folks about how they can go about doing it here in the days coming up to the event um, on Tuesday. So, you know, here we go. We're getting closer to the holiday season. Uh, just give us an overall update on things with the Red Cross right now. I know the holiday season is a very mm-hmm. impactful one for the for the American Red Cross. Yeah, we, we enter a time where it tends to be uh, challenging for us as an organization. Um, as the holiday season picks up, um, we all understand the, the stresses and the pressures that puts on families, more people doing their last-minute shopping. Maybe some people are taking trips um, for you know the holidays to get away uh, and get a little bit of rest and relaxation. And that, unfortunately, does lead to people scheduling less blood drive appointments. Um, it's been a, a period of time over the last three months where we have been in a uh, declared blood shortage, which really what that means is blood's leaving the Red Cross um, faster than it's coming in. Um, so that's why these types of conversations, not only about um, the hiring piece of this, making sure we have the phlebotomist that we need to collect blood is important, uh, but also reminding donors that it's really important uh, as they go throughout the holiday season, um, if they have uh, an extra hour uh, in their week, schedule an appointment to donate blood. Because unfortunately, just like we've seen many times of the year, uh, as more people hit the roadways, as more people um, get busy in, in, in our communities, we see a need increase for blood. Uh, and that's why we have these uh, messages to the community. It's important that you schedule that appointment, not just in the days to come, but over the weeks to come. Uh, so that as we go through a time when we are seeing less appointments, uh, we can make sure that we have uh, the blood on the shelves necessary to deliver to hospitals uh, so that the healthcare professionals don't have to make tough decisions. That's what this is about at the end of the day, is making sure the hospitals have the resources they need uh, for trauma patients, uh, mothers who have complications after childbirth, um, the types of things that lead to blood at area hospitals, whether it's VCU or Bonsacore, uh, and you as a donor and you as a prospective phlebotomist play an integral part and make sure we can do our job and deliver on our mission. Uh, Jonathan McNamara from the American Red Cross, and we will continue to remind our audience about how you can go about volunteering or to donate blood. And also, if you're interested in their hiring event next Tuesday, we will give you more information on that as awesome. well. Thank you, Jonathan, and I'd love to finish up with you. Let's shift gears here and talk a little sports <laughs> for a few minutes before we get to the Absolutely. bottom of the hour here. Uh, I don't know which one to start with, football, men's basketball, Man, soccer, pretty, pretty either, of the, either of the soccer. Pretty, Take your pick, J-Mac. Pretty great time to be uh, a fan of Jamie. I mean, obviously, it's, it's pretty magical time for our entire athletic department. Um, when you, you look at what happened against Michigan State this week, um, really one of those kind of milestone games for a basketball program that – um, a lot of us feel really good about this year, picked to win the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but for it to happen in the same week with, with all the attention on the, the potential possibility of maybe the NCAA uh, reconsidering uh, Jamie's eligibility for um, not only a bowl game, but potentially for, for more, um, I think all of us are just kind of living the, the dream and, and really enjoying the ride. A uh, big game tonight against Kent State, see if they can continue uh, their strong play early in the season, because that's going to be important um, for a team coming out of the Sun Belt, which is typically a one-bid league. Um, is if they can continue to have success in the early going, especially with a win over Michigan State, that's going to bode well for, for down the road. Um, but I'll say, just from a football perspective, really important week for Jamie. A game against UConn, a team that um, may, you know, may, many fans may look at the record and say, well, you know, this should be an easy one for the Dukes. But they've given some teams some really close games this season. I know Kurt Sidetti has mentioned um, why this is so important, because it's about continuing to build that momentum, uh, hopefully to continue to put pressure on the NCAA. Um, tough loss from an injury perspective, losing Jalen Green, whose uh, you know contributions to this program, um, unbelievable this year. But this program has seemed uh, to find a way to find wins, even some of these tough games that have been you know down to the wire. They've found a way to pull it off, and I think it's a, a mark of a, an experienced team uh, and a team that's kept their eye on the prize. And as Signetti says, go one and zero every week, and, and good things will happen. I'm um, so excited to uh, to make the trip up to Harrisburg for that game against UConn. Should be another good one. And, 
uh, just continue to see where this program can go because it's it's been a magical run. And my message to fans is <clears throat> enjoy it because these types of seasons don't happen all the time. Right. Does does nine and zero surprise you even a little bit? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even going to try to sit here and say <laughs> you know any of us expected it. And look, I mean, I, I was pretty candid on your program last year. I mean, didn't didn't expect to go eight and three. Um, the Sun Belt is a good league. There are really strong programs in this. Look at what Marshall and Appalachian State have done. Um, ODU wins over Virginia Tech and, and and really showed that they're a strong program. So for JMU to come in um, and to play against teams that have you know, similar budgets and similar resources and, and pedigree. Um, and to do it they did last year and to build upon that this year, especially with all the questions surrounding the quarterback position, um, you know, Jordan McLeod, what I think he's done from day one, um, as somebody who didn't win the job out of camp, uh, but stuck with it, would have been easy for a transfer who, who didn't win the job to, to maybe pack it in, but he's progressed uh, and led this offense and his statistics. I was down at the game at Georgia State and, and what he did, especially after throwing an early interception, um, didn't let it you know get him down and was able to have his best performances at Duke and um, it's 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 surprising, but I will say, winning programs, um, you know, find a way to continue to. It's just part of the culture. Mm-hmm. It's part of what's been established here over many many coaches, uh, and it's been great to see. But I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that nine and zero is what you'd expect because look, there's only seven teams in the country that are so undefeated. Right. Um, it's hard to win every week, and I've always loved what Signetti says. It doesn't matter if you win by one or seventy. Uh, it counts as a W in the books, and, and obviously there have been some close moments this season. And, you know, ODU game um, comes to mind where. Definitely could have been a different outcome, but credit to the staff, credit to these players, uh, and then credit to the administration for uh, putting this program in the position that they needed to be to, to have fun. And, and the attention that's coming from it now on a national level is uh, it's great to see. Uh, and I have no doubt they'll continue to build upon this going forward. Enjoy it, Jonathan. As you said, it doesn't come along necessarily every year, so definitely embrace it and enjoy it. I know you will enjoy the game up there on uh, on Saturday, and we'll keep an eye on uh, JMU basketball tonight, as you said. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, and, and again, on the hiring event, to apply online, you can just visit redcross.org. Um, has all the information about this event, and look forward to seeing people on Tuesday. And thank you to your station group. We really appreciate you helping us get the word out. Um, that's what helps these events be a success, and we're just grateful for the partnership. Yeah, I love the partnership. Thank you, Jonathan. See you soon. Yep. Bye. Jonathan McNamara, American Red Cross. We will continue to remind you about the hiring event on Tuesday and how you can volunteer your time. I don't know if I ever told Jonathan this story um, about volunteering with with the Red Cross, and it might be in my future. Is why I'm kind of kind of saying this somewhere down the road. Um, this is how rumors get started. But I was I was sitting in a in a park a couple of months ago, just kind of minding my own business, enjoying a nice day, uh, grabbing a little lunch, and an old an old buddy of mine walked by, walking his dog, and I don't even know how I you know he said I'm retired now. I'm like, well, what are you doing with all your free time? He goes, you know, one of the things I did, I now volunteer for the American Red Cross here in Richmond, and I'm a blood delivery driver. I, I drive, you know, from one hospital to another, pick up the the the, the uh, coolers, I guess, of blood, the vials in the coolers of blood, and and transport them to a to a hospital where someone is waiting for a blood transfusion. And you know, you feel important doing that. You feel like you've impacted something. And he was so convincing about that that I put it in the back of my mind that when that day comes. And you know, I'm doing the game Saturday. I'm telling you that. Uh, you know, and I'm in that mode. That would be something. That would be a way to give back to the community. Would be to do something like that. I just thought that was that was really cool. It was a real life example of everything we talk about, and we remind you all constantly when we promote the American Red Cross of the things that you can do to help in in our community. So I, in our community. So I have filed that one in the back of my mind for future reference. 
uh, somewhere way down the road, perhaps. All right, 5.30 on the Sports Hut. I'll take a break, come back on the other side. Uh, thanks again to Jonathan McNamara and our partnership with the American Red Cross. Thanks for locking in 1061 ESPN. Big Al doesn't care how the duck is prepped. I don't care if he eats raw duck. Or what anyone thinks. I don't care about what he thinks. But he does care about what you do from 8 to 10 weekday mornings. So spend that time with him on 1061 ESPN Richmond. We've heard... Got past the bottom of the hour here on a Thursday afternoon. Sports Huddle, Bob Black with you, 1061 ESPN. In the studio today, and a very special, I'm not even going to say a guest because he's not a guest. It's his station now. We got our new sports director in here today. Alan Sandage joins us. He's fresh, brand new, great ideas, raring and ready to go. Welcome aboard, my friend. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Um, why? Why'd you want to do this? I, love I know sp- you ask yourself that all the time, but why did you want to do this? I love sports, man. I love sports. Um, you know, the city of Richmond has given me a lot over the last 20 plus years I've been here, and I wanted to do something that I love and also give back. Nice. Now, what sports, you know, kind of float your boat the most here? What are um, we talking? Let's see. So, if we're talking sports, I love to talk football, obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, baseball. A little bit of basketball more because it gets people riled up. <laughs> but secretly, I really love horse racing. No way. Yeah. Oh, I got to get you connected. Have you gotten connected with our horse racing folks I, yet? The first thing I did was reach out to them, but I haven't heard back. You will. Derby Bill, primarily, you will certainly hear back from. I'll bet I have a DM from him within 30 seconds, <laughs> assuming he's listening. So you will endear yourself to him. And I like horse racing, too. Uh, and we've done shows from down there at Colonial Downs in the summer when they have their racing season. And hopefully we promote that some more, too. That's great. Yeah, the last two years I've adjusted my schedule so I could go watch at Colonial Downs. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great place to go. It is. Absolutely. And and they adjusted the schedule this year to make it uh, include the weekends, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And hopefully we'll be back down there with them uh, again next year. So that's that's really cool. And I heard you slide baseball in there. So that raised my antenna because yeah, I'm a baseball guy. Yeah, we're on opposite ends, though. You're a Phillies guy. I'm a Braves guy. Well, you know, I've gotten used to that. There are so many Braves fans in this area. Uh, still carry over from the days when the Richmond Braves were in town. Um, and, and that's okay. Besides, the last two years, it's ended well for my guys. Unfortunately. No, no, no. Fortunately, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> Need that to change very soon. It's getting, it's getting very, very Buffalo Bills 1990-ish. I don't like it. And now you just lost your uh, third base coach, Ron Washington, took the head, uh, the managerial position with the Angels. Yeah, I think that's going to hurt us a lot more than people know. Yeah. He was very key in teaching a lot of these young guys how to properly field, uh, getting Acuna focused again and not so much antics and just a great clubhouse guy. Yeah, they do have to figure out a way to be built more for the postseason than the regulars. I mean, that's what you heard in Philadelphia the last two years is this team is built for the postseason. They just made sure they did enough to get into the postseason, and then they ran with it. So maybe the Braves philosophically have to do a few things. We need pitching bad, man. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really everybody. Yeah, our pitching just doesn't stay healthy, and uh, they have a knack for just poor choices when it comes to being behind in the count. That really hurt us this year. And truthfully, I think that did hurt in the Philadelphia series. I mean, Freed wasn't 100%. Charlie Morton wasn't able to pitch at all. So I, it definitely hurt. But but you know what, Alan? No one's feeling sorry for you, especially this <laughs> Phillies fan. Not I, feeling, I mean, everybody has injuries, right? I mean, heck, we went the whole season without Reese Hoskins. 
in the lineup. And, you know, apparently we're going to continue to move forward without Reese Hoskins as well because it looks like the Phillies are heading down the path of Bryce Harper as their full-time first baseman. Uh, there's one thing I give Philadelphia credit for. They don't give pity to anybody in any sport, <laughs> in any sport. No, because we've been so pitiful for so long in so many sports that we've taken our share of lumps that yeah. it's our turn. Yeah, my so. son's actually an Eagles fan, too. Good for him. Unfortunately. Bringing him upright. So who's your NFL team? I am a Niners fan. Um, oh. And the reason for that is because when I was young, I, I grew up in a town called Amherst County. It's not too far from here. But we only got a couple channels, and I only got to stay up late during Christmas break. Uh-huh. And back in the early 90s, every Christmas break was the Niners and Giants. So those were the two teams that I saw play the most, and I had to pick one or the other, and the Niners used to win, and my dad liked the Niners, so I stuck with that. I would say the Niners are close. Well, they were close to being my second favorite team. I think the rivalry that's developed with the Eagles over the last couple of years has changed that, and I've told this story several times on these airwaves, so forgive the folks that listen all the time, and we appreciate you. But when I was growing up, there was that um, metallic football game, the electric football game, that if you turned it on, the 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 thing vibrated and the players moved up and down you had this little felt football do you have any idea what i'm talking about i know this is generational (laughs) i've seen it but i've never played it and i i used to play it all the time and it came with two teams and the two teams it came with were the 49ers and the cowboys and i always picked the 49ers and i was probably even too young to understand the eagle cowboy rivalry at that point i just liked the 49ers better so they became my second favorite team because of that game so ironically, the Eagles were my uh, video game team. Okay. Because Randall Cunningham. Uh huh. And before there was Michael Vick, anytime you played a video game, if you wanted a scrambling quarterback, you would pick Randall Cunningham. Mm-hmm. And so we grew up playing uh, Tecmo Super Bowl, but he didn't have. I don't know if there was a copyright thing or something, but his name was not in the game. He was QB One. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what I used to nickname or jokingly call him Eagles QB one <laughs> uh-huh. but uh he was he was phenomenal in the game yeah he was uh that's so similar stories yeah. there, then yes so the 49ers were my second favorite team until recently things have gotten a little <laughs> little heated a little bitter uh Sunday December 3rd is 49ers at Eagles that afternoon so maybe you make an appearance on the Monday sports huddle after that game win or lose <laughs> win or lose well I I since I work here now, I'll definitely be here. <laughs> now, whether well, I'm on the show or not, it's different. You're welcome anytime. But I know you're going to be working the morning and producing Al's show. That's going to make for a really long day if you're still hanging around here at 5.40 in the afternoon. If, if I do come on, uh, Lewis, get ready for that dump button, yeah. depending on how that game goes. <laughs> and, hey, we got you out there today. You were out at uh, Brass Tap with us, and we did Coach Usman's radio show, right? Yeah. Um was nice to see that uh, you know, live and – Having been in the area for a while, I know a couple guys who played at the University of Richmond ah. way back when. Uh, they're old now, but um, I've been to a couple <laughs> games as a fan and uh, got my paralegal certification from the University of Richmond. Oh, so you, you, good. You have a connection. Yeah. Nice. Very, very good. So, yeah, so great to have you out there today. They got a big game Saturday, of course, against Elon. We got a doubleheader on Saturday. So, you got Matt Josephs in the studio here all day on Saturday. Yeah, I'll swing by for the evening part. Let's see how he looks. He'll he'll do fine. He keeps us on the straight and narrow uh, doing those games. And, of course, the Cowboys games, we'll continue to have them on the air. And um, I hope you, you, you tweak some things a little bit for the listener and throw some surprises at them and some more solid sports programming. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, we can 
do more for the city of Richmond. Mm-hmm. Like Richmond has a lot to offer, not just in sports, but just stories in general. There's a lot of great athletes in the city and the surrounding counties that I think would benefit from getting to know the station better and the station getting to know them better. Love to get out in the community. Yeah. I talk about that all the time. It's one of the great things about doing the afternoons, and I think Matt says the same thing, and I do, is our ability to get out places and meet people and, and put our name out there as well. There is no doubt about that, but also kind of um, – I don't know, ingrain ourselves with the community, like you said. Yeah, for sure. Alan, welcome. It's great to have you with us. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, you've trained Lewis well. It's time to go to a break, so we're going to do that, and then we're going to wrap things up for uh, Thursday afternoon here in the studio. Come Anytime I'm in the studio, Alan, you are welcome. And even if I'm not, crack that mic, and we'll get you on the air. And come out and see us when we do, uh, like I said, the football show, kind of winding down at the Brass Tap, and then uh, Coach Mooney's basketball show at World of Beer on Monday nights. Will do. All right, Alan, thanks. Welcome aboard. Great to have you with us. Uh, let's get that break in, and then we'll finish it up on the other side. We'll get you up to the top of the hour. Old Derby Bill, he has sent the DM for you, Alan. <laughs> you are going to be one of his best friends in the horse racing world, I am, I'm sure. And we'll get to Colonial Downs for next sure. summer. I can't All right. wait. Uh, let's get to the break. Uh, coming up on 545, Sports Huddle 1061 ESPN. And he also won a World Series with the Florida Marlins as a third baseman. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to think about that one a little bit. Okay. Uh, I I, I should have called called you doing the suit. And currently on the D-backs roster? Yeah. uh, I think he he may even bet pinch. He may even bet in the four spot. Well, Christian Walker was that guy. I don't know if that's who that is. No, that's not him. That's not who you're talking about. Now, you know, they have a. He's been in the league forever. He's been in the league forever, too. Oh, boy. Oh, um, uh, Evan Longoria? Evan Longoria. Thank you, Bob. Evan Longoria. (laughs) So, just a quick note, Bob. We were at a Richmond Braves uh, Durham baseball game that shot our son. It's been probably. 12, 13 years when he was down in Durham. And he walks out of the dugout with a Louisville slugger bet. We're sitting on the first row, and he hands the bet to my son. Wow. And we still have the bet today. It's a look, I looked at it the Sunday while I was cleaning out some stuff. And, and, I, still, and I was looking at the bet. So I said, I need to call Bob to let him know about it. Probably story. a little more valuable now, too, wouldn't you think? Yeah. 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 I mean, I may try to place it on the market. No, I, no. Uh, he won't let me. My son won't let me place no, it on the market. Keep that as a memorabilia. And come on, Bruce, yeah. you, you cannot call and not talk six and one sixers. Come on, man. Gloat, gloat a little without bit. Question. Without question. I'm, hey, Bob, I'm going to be quiet because I don't want people to say, there he go again. There he goes. <laughs> but, that, but, so, so, but quiet is kept. Philadelphia's playing the best bar, best basketball in, in this in the league this year. Yeah, they are the uh, second best record, right? I guess Denver's eight and one, but the Sixers are six and one. Uh, only Reggie would be shocked if if he were able to call when he doesn't have time today for you to be quiet on the Sixers in the end. Well, I don't want you to be quiet, Bruce. I want you speaking up. Yeah. Better. Yeah. And so uh, we, we will win. The, we will win the first end season tournament. There you we go. See, win. I knew it wouldn't take you that long before you started. That's good, Bruce. <laughs> 
Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Uh, yeah, all right. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. And hey, I, I think uh, we all agree uh, addition by subtraction with the Sixers. I think it was obvious the law, getting rid of James Harden has changed everything. And I think Nick Nurse is a heck of a coach, actually. And I, like I said, I didn't want to handicap him by having a deal with Harden and then that prima donna. Send him as far away as you can. You want to go to the Clippers? Send him to the West Coast. And the Sixers are, are way better off for it. They're, they won't keep that pace. You know, they lost their first game, they won six. They beat the Celtics. Always like when they beat the Celtics. Um, so they're off to a really good start, and I think they got way better luck. For Richmond Spiders Athletics all year round. W291CL Lakeside Richmond. WURV HD2 Richmond. We are 1061 ESPN. This is Sports. I'm Kevin Winter. Last Thursday night, the common belief was, and I subscribe to it as well. The Titans and Steelers game might not be for the faint of heart. It actually turned out to be a pretty good and entertaining game. Tonight's game? <laughs> Bears and the Panthers, Soldier Field in Chicago, a matchup of teams with a combined record of 3-4 and four team. About a half hour ago, ESPN Bears reporter Courtney Cronin, a guest with Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown on ESPN Radio. Courtney, uh, I read your Twitter feed and with your all your Bears tweets, Sometimes it reads like a sad novel, so I have a lot of <laughs> I have a lot of empathy for you. With your Thank bears, you. I need that. Bears reporting. <laughs> bears and the Panthers. Tyson Bajan gets the start of quarterback for Chicago. ESPN bet has the Bears as a three-point favorite with a total of thirty-eight and a half. And by the way. The second time this year, the Bears have been a favorite in a game. Kick from Soldier Field coming up 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, reaffirming today he is not going to return from the injured list until that hamstring injury is 100% healed. Vikings Saints Sunday. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. The real reason why I'm calling is because I got a bone to pick with you, Freddie. Go ahead. You're one of my favorite on the radio, man. I think you're the best. Especially you at midnight. I'm glad you're in the morning. But you 50 plus, my dude. Okay. You can't have two teams, man. You can't have the Jets <laughs> and the Cowboys. Which, which one is going to be, man? I need you to solidify this <laughs> at this moment. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much, my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm just really Freddie Coleman. Together we're presented by Progressive Insurance. We appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker yours to play ESPN radio. Would you take Jim Harbaugh? You love your NFL team, but you don't like your head coach or your team. Would you take Jim Harbaugh, who's not going to be in Michigan next year? That's that's an opinion right now, but that could be a fact. Would you take him over your current team's head coach in the NFL? We want to hear from you at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Be a part of Dr. Pepper. Call in line. We'll take your calls in about five minutes. Give or take a lie or two because Chad Brown is right now. We still haven't heard anything from the Big Ten and that potential punishment. As of right now, we don't know any potential penalties that could be held in terms of these allegations for Michigan and whether he went rogue or Jim Harbaugh knew about Connor Stallions doing this when it comes to off-campus scouting 
and stealing signs. A source said the most likely penalties, including any suspensions, would focus on Jim Harbaugh and not his team. But Heather Dinich, ESPN college football reporter, when she was on Get Up Early Today, she says, don't make any assumptions that the Big Ten will suspend Jim Harbaugh. Karini, I've learned that people should not assume that Jim Harbaugh is going to be suspended, though that's certainly a consideration. The Big Ten has run a gamut of possibilities, starting with a possible indefinite suspension, a two-year suspension, all the way to something as simple as a public reprimand. The other thing that you could possibly see is a fine of a million dollars or more, which would probably be rubber stamps. So stay tuned. Yeah, we're in stay tuned mode. We've been in stay tuned mode for the last couple of days. And it all goes back to other people in that conference saying, hey, Tony Petiti, you're the Big Ten commissioner. What are you going to do about this? And you can't wait. You got to do something right now. That put Tony Petiti in that spot to say, do I appease everybody? Or do I say, wait until due process? That's why the waiting game, and we don't know when that waiting game is going to end regarding any kind of suspension or punishment that the Big Ten is looking to levy on not so much the football team in Michigan, but Jim Harbaugh, the head coach. Yeah, Tony Bettini's in a very difficult spot. He's got his conference uh, yelling at him, demanding he do something. Michigan's getting high-priced lawyers and law firms to send out letters uh, they are also letting people know, uh, other teams in that conference know, oh, okay, you got some dirt on us, we got dirt on you. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about something, we got things to talk about too. So this is, in my opinion, only going to get uglier. Clearly, Michigan's not going to just lay down here. Um, and, and I think that's where the, the, the most difficulty lies for everybody. Because if Michigan were willing to lay down, then Tony Battini's job is easy. I right. can punish these guys, they'll accept it, and we can move on. These other teams in the conference, they don't have to keep making the stink because Michigan's going to accept it. But as it is now, Michigan's going to point fingers. Michigan's going to fight this from a legal process. Michigan's going to demand their due process. How would any of us feel if we were allowed to be essentially convicted and punished without some kind of process in that, without some kind of at least investigation as part of this? If we were to be fired from our job, as people were talking about being Harbaugh, either being suspended mm-hmm. indefinitely or being fired, well, what? show me your facts. Show me the investigation. I know there's some allegations out there, right. but you can't make moves based on that. Mm-hmm. So while I certainly feel, as if Michigan is guilty. I feel like I'm talking out both sides of my mouth. <laughs> but I also feel as if they are due their due process. And hopefully there can be a very expedited way to get this going. Because I don't want Michigan in the playoffs mm-hmm. if they have clearly cheated right. in the way that it seems that they have had. I don't want someone else's team to be excluded and Michigan to be in there because that team did the right thing and Michigan did not do the right thing. And here's the crazy part about it. Michigan's schedule has been so incredibly easy this year. They didn't have to do all this to be where they are. I was a part of a 17-0 Patriots team until we lost the Super Bowl. That was the Spygate year. We didn't have to do any of those things. We were really, really good. We had a chance to be one of the most, the only, only two undefeated Mm -hmm. teams ever, us and the Dolphins. That's how good we were. Yet and still, we had that controversy swirling around us. Mr. Kraft had to give up money. Belichick had to give up money. Draft picks were taken from the Patriots. So all those punishments came down for a team that didn't even need that kind of extra motivation or or, or extra information. I have the question for you based on Michigan now 
and back then with the Patriots. And you're exactly right. When you were that 17 and 0 team, I'm believing my wife has a T-shirt. 17, 18 Patriot wins, one giant loss as a Giants fan. She wore that <laughs> in the gym with a lot of Patriots fans. And right now, Kevin Winters give me a double bird right now. You know better than that. Do that to me. I'll, we're going to talk about this later. And that's the kind of team you had. My question is when you have that kind of talent and you have that kind of ability, when it comes to the Patriots back then and Michigan now, why engage in that kind of espionage? Well, there's a reason why Belichick, is, has had a lot of success. There's a reason why Harbaugh has had a lot of success. No, stir, no stone is left untu- unturned. Okay. Every opportunity to gain an advantage is looking to, investigated, and taken care of. And if somebody, this young staffer who's got a plan to help you figure things out at a higher level to understand signals better comes to you, yeah, man, go for it. You don't say, hey, I'm not sure if this is going to be legal. Right. Hey, let's let's figure it. Let, gather information. We'll figure out how to use it if it's going to help us out. Mm-hmm. And with that kind of mindset, that's how some of these rules get pushed aside and a desire to win comes up top. And so for both programs, for the Patriots and for now Michigan Wolverines, they found them, well, at least the Patriots, they found themselves in this awful spot. And Michigan finds themselves in the midst of all this. How this all breaks out, I, I, I can't say. There's a lot of hypotheticals out there. I just know it's an ugly stain on college football. Uh, I don't think Michigan's football team this year can somehow remove that stain mm-hmm. from, from, them, from them and their success. And I don't think college football fans or college football players or coaches are going to be happy if Michigan somehow is able to get an injunction, right. get some kind of legal stay that allows them to keep participating and be a part of the college playoff this year. Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I will say this. This will be the best motivation for Michigan. Let's say they suspend their football coach. If the NCAA, should I say the Big Ten, if they come down, whenever that decision is going to be made, it could be made in the next 10 minutes, next 10 hours, next 48 hours. It will also wouldn't surprise me if they decide to wait until after the Penn State game on Saturday to levy any kind of suspension. I don't think the Big Ten wants all of that and a suspension on top of that this late in the week when you're about to play a massive game at Penn State when it involves Michigan, a team that – I know Ohio State's number one, but many people believe Michigan is that team that can get in the playoff and maybe win a national championship above Ohio State. I still want it for suspension or any kind of punishment that we're not going to find out about until after Monday, after this game is over. I still think that possibility is there. But whatever they lay at the feet of Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan program, we saw how he got suspended for three games earlier this year, Chad, and how much that galvanized everybody, led led by their quarterback, J.J. McCarthy and other guys. Now that oh now you're really gonna take our coach away, watch us work now and go out there and try to win a national championship. We didn't need to be stealing signs or having somebody whatever kind of stands decided to do either at the behest of Jim Harbaugh or he went rogue. Either way, it comes back to Michigan football. It comes back to that program. It comes back to that coaching staff. But this may be the best motivation if you're not gonna keep the team from participating, but you take their coach away. That kind of motivation could go a long way with Michigan football. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I remember after a victory, maybe a week after the whole Spygate story broke, Teddy Bruschi, ESPN's, ESPN's mm. own Teddy Bruschi, broke down a a locker room victory huddle. Right. You know, how do we feel about having the greatest coach on the planet? 
And you know, everybody, oh yeah, because uh-huh. we loved Coach Belichick, right. and we were will, we had his back, like he had our back, we had his back, and it was a very galvanizing moment for that team where we were going to block out all that external noise and conversation and chaos, and we were going to keep our heads down and be the best football team we could be. Let us know what you think right now. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six on the Doctor Pepper calling line. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Jim Harbaugh, as star-crossed as he is, that brother knows how to win. He may have broken a rule or two at Michigan, but he still knows how to win. Would you take Jim Harbaugh over your current head coach for your NFL team? 888-729-3776. Vance in Arizona. Thanks for calling us from the desert, Vance. What do you got to say? What's going on, gentlemen? What's going on? Um, honestly, I said I would not touch him. And the reason why, and it's not, it's a little bit petty, but I'm looking at it from a logical standpoint He's perfect for college because I remember when he was with the 49ers, about the third year in, people, the guy started grumbling about his whole act and the whole thing that he does. And it's like it seems like he has a four-year shelf life, which is perfect for college because guys come in and they're gone and four years later and you get a new crop in. But the petty side of me is that whenever something goes wrong, like he loses a game, he's always blaming someone else. He's always pointing the finger. But when he wins, he wants to be that guy. And to me, like, you have to be a leader. When the things go wrong, you got to take the bullet and say, "This we're going to work harder. It, it starts with me. Like, I don't like when coaches, like, unlike his brother who coaches the Ravens, when things don't go well, he's the first one to take the bullet. And he takes the heat even when he doesn't deserve it. So, to me, from that standpoint, I mean, I, my team is Washington, and I know our coach is probably going to be gone this year, and hopefully Eric Bieniemy gets that job because he deserves it. Mm-hmm. But I just can't. You know, to a man, I'm like, you got to be a leader. And a leader doesn't lead just when things are good. A leader leads at all times when the heat is on. Even like in this case here, you're barely hearing from him. I mean, it's, you can't tell me that he didn't know what's going on because you mess with a man's money. When you mess with my money, I know everything that's happening, plain and simple. <laughs> Vance is right when it comes to Harbaugh and that whole thing because he has a little Phil Jackson in him. When everything goes right, it's what we did as – being Michigan men and Michigan football. When things go wrong, well, it's what we didn't do. He does not like giving credit to opponents when they win. And when he does, it's as if it's the last thing he wants to say. So to Vance's point, that is something about Jim Harbaugh that has always rubbed me the wrong way. Like, dude, they're on scholarship, and those coaches get paid like you do. Don't you think they're as good as your team on that day they were better than your team? How about giving a little bit more respect to when you don't win games. Because when they lost the TCU, it was everything that Michigan didn't do, but not what TCU was able to do, getting a big lead and holding on to it and kicking Michigan State, Michigan, excuse me, out of the playoffs. We, I suppose there's a reason why Harbaugh has wore out his welcome everywhere he's gone. These personality traits that we've been discussing throughout the show. But there's no denying the guy wins everywhere he goes as right. well. So, uh for an NFL owner to look at a four or five year window of Harbaugh and possibly being a playoff team within that, and maybe even a Super Bowl team, I don't think there's an owner in the league who would mm-hmm. say, "Oh no, I've got to have a uh, <laughs> upstanding citizen who does everything right." No, they want to win. This is, this is not high school football where there's no morality clause here. We're trying to win football games.